Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in Friday edition of the program. I hope all of you are having fantastic Fridays. We are off and we are rolling here. And uh, there are several different stories that are worth paying attention to. But to me, uh, the one that kind of took over yesterday was Dr. Anthony Fauci talking about whether you're going to be able to play football or not. And honestly, it was a little bit of the same thing that the Surgeon General of the United States told us on this program when we had him on, man, I would guess that was back in April or May. I don't remember the exact uh, date, maybe all the way back in April as we were talking about uh, the coronavirus with him. And maybe we need to get the Surgeon General back on again. Uh, But this thing kind of took uh, on a life of its own. And uh, the challenge that Dr. Fauci was talking about was because of all the contact that you're going to get into in a football context, it's a bit different than, say, baseball. And also, there remains a concern about the quote-unquote second wave whenever or w- if that's going to happen in uh, in the fall and the winter as we move into uh, into the new uh, into the new year potentially, and how that could impact the football season. Um, and look, I think Dr. Fauci has done tremendous amounts of good work in his career. Uh, and I think he has been very helpful in his ability to reach out and talk uh, to so many different people out there. The challenge has been he's given a lot of different opinions over time, Uh, and he's basically taken every different angle of every different story, and I think a big reason for that is he's just done so much media. 
he get asked he gets asked so many different questions that the way he answers them is not always the exact same in terms of his uh, in terms of his mindset. And so I, I'm just here to tell you, and we'll talk with Lance Taylor a little bit more about that. If you were telling me that I had to take a bet right now on whether we will see NFL football or whether we would see a uh, a season in the SEC, I think you would have to give me 50 to 1 or more in order for me to bet against football, right? I'm on a gambling TV show on Lock It In, and I have been telling you from the get-go, based on all the conversations that I am having, I would be stunned if we didn't have a college football season. Now, lots of things can still happen between now and September, and lots of things can happen in the country, and certainly it was we've seen in 2020, it's been chaotic from the start of this year, whether it was impeachment, we moved from impeachment right into the coronavirus. We moved into the, from the coronavirus right into uh, everything surrounding the protests. And then the media, by and large, decided, okay, we got to go from the protest back into the coronavirus. And what's wild to me is during the protest, the media took all of the coronavirus numbers off television. And now I'm starting to see them sneak the coronavirus numbers back onto the television because there is this desire for there always to be something for you to be terrified of. And so if they can bring back the idea of the coronavirus after abandoning it for like 10 days, for like two weeks, all everybody talked about was the protest and that ticker that's been in the corner of the screen, it disappeared and then they managed to work it back into the screen. So it disappeared for a long time. You didn't see any coronavirus stories. You had hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people out marching in the streets. And then boom, all of a sudden the coronavirus comes back and it feels almost entirely manufactured to me. And I'm not saying like yesterday I told you that I went and got my own coronavirus test. I've tried to be smart. I've tried to follow directions as best I can. I've tried to share only factual information with you guys but it's hard for me to understand how all these public health professionals can come out and say okay it's fine for hundreds of thousands of people to be protesting in the streets but it's not okay for us to be able to play college football or the NFL I mean just on its most basic level that is a major disconnect in terms of what you're saying from a public health perspective. And truthfully, we have not seen a skyrocketing rate of infections across the country as a result of the protest, which to me is a positive sign because it means it's possible to do football, even potentially with crowds present, without having to worry about the rates of infection skyrocketing. Now, a couple of things that are worth noting. The biggest, and we're going to talk to Dr. David Chow about this, the biggest and most important part of all of this is players are going to test negative. Sorry, and positive. The negative test is good. Players are going to test positive. Some people out there on your teams, like we're seeing with Ezekiel Elliott right now, 
are the best players, some of them are going to test positive for this virus. What you can't do is quarantine everybody who came into contact with them. You've just got to keep testing. And as guys test positive, you need to pull them out of competition and keep testing them and get them healthy until they get well. And it seems like people have forgotten about this. To me, the protocols are pretty straightforward. When you arrive at the facility, you take temperature of everybody as they enter the facility. If you have a temperature, you don't come into the facility. You go into a place where you can receive medical treatment. If you don't have a fever, you come into the facility. And you need to be able to daily and, uh, and rapidly test to see whether anybody has the coronavirus because some people are not going to have a fever and they're going to be asymptomatic. And you just have to do that every day. And the reality is the more guys who test positive – the less the coronavirus is going to spread inside of the locker room because you're starting to get some form of herd immunity. And I think when most of these infections would happen would be during training camp when you're going to have a ton of guys physically working together in close proximity and arguably that's the time that you want these infections to happen. So you may have it that 15 or 20 guys on a team are testing positive and you have to pull those guys out and you have to get them healthy and then eventually they're going to be able to return and to their credit, I've seen the NFL talking about expanding the potential roster. Now, we've been talking about this for a while. I think the biggest complicating factor is how do you deal with a player who tests positive like the day before a big game? And I don't think there's an easy answer for this because I'll just give you an example. Let's pretend Patrick Mahomes is about to play in the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. And the day before the Super Bowl, on his test, he tests positive for the coronavirus. Well, the first thing they're probably going to do is test him like 100 times (laughs) because they're probably going to look for him to test negative on one of those tests so they can argue that he doesn't have the coronavirus. And by the way, I'm saying test positive without any major symptoms, right? So it's not as if you're like looking at him and he looks super sick or he looks super healthy or anything else. What are the doctors going to do with a situation like that? That's the challenging part to me because then suddenly you have to put in a backup quarterback. He feels 100% fine and he's not going to be able to play. Those are the challenges that I think we could face in both college football and the NFL where you're testing daily and suddenly the day before a huge game, boom, the quarterback tests positive for the coronavirus. Or, frankly, it's another player, which is why I've argued the best thing arguably that could happen is for a lot of young and healthy players who aren't going to have significant issues by and large, the best thing that could happen is for players to be able to get tested and not have any issues going forward. So, uh, you know, like if players get tested um, and they get negative, I mean, they're positive early in training camp, the whole team getting tested and being positive at the same time would actually be fantastic. As long as nobody had a serious health condition, which it doesn't seem likely a young, healthy athlete would. Because theoretically, 
the players are not under more risk from their lifestyle as football players than most other people out there who are going out and about and working in jobs would be otherwise. Let me give you an example. We're talking a lot about, oh, how are you going to play in the NFL? The average NFL player doesn't come into contact with that many people at their NFL job. The average person working in a grocery store or working in a department store comes into contact with far more people on a day-to-day basis than the average NFL player does. So what's interesting to me, and I don't ever hear doctors really explain this very well, is why is it okay for everybody to go to the same grocery store or the same Walmart in a community, literally everybody, because that's an essential place to work. And if you work there, and certainly if you're in a small town and you work at, let's say, a Walmart or a Kroger grocery store, over the course of a week, you're going to see almost everybody who lives in your town coming through there. Now, you're not getting tackled, but by and large, you are interacting with far more people than an average NFL player would. And nobody's like, oh, we got to shut down. Never. Even during the height of the outbreak, nobody was like, hey, we got to shut down every grocery store. We got to shut down every department store. So I just feel like much of the discussion surrounding sports is not very intelligent when you actually look at the data. And I don't see any way that you could actually be in a scenario where the NFL and college football aren't playing. The business imperatives are massive, but I also think in the grand scheme of things, the health risk for an NFL or college football player is not really that much compared to a lot of other people that are working that nobody's even talking about. And by the way, a lot of those people who are working are listening to me right now as you start your day. If you can work, and the vast majority of Americans now can work, and it's important to get our country back to work, then I think the message we need to send with the NFL is that it's time to go back to work, regardless of the risk. You can't eliminate all the risk The data shows us that young and healthy athletes are under a very low amount of risk. We're going to talk with Lance Taylor next. He's at the Lance Taylor. You can hear him every single Friday. We try to get him on. He'll be on with us next. I'll ask him about this. I also want to ask him about Ozark, a television show, by the way, to be a lot less serious uh, because I'm fascinated by that show. I just finished it. See what he thought about it. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. All right, so we talked about this some on yesterday's program because it officially went up yesterday morning, but it's gotten attention all day Thursday, lots of readership, lots of discussion. Uh, And the list is the 50 most valuable people in sports media from the perspective of Bobby Barak and Ryan Glasspiegel, who are two writers at OutKick.com that do fantastic jobs. I was not involved in their list In fact, I was pulled out of their list. Jason Whitlock was pulled out of their list. So nobody who works at OutKick could be included. 
and these guys went through and came up with their list. So before we get into the list itself, first of all, thank you both for being on with me. We rarely do a double interview, but because you both wrote, we're going to attempt this. We'll see how it goes. Everybody out there who listens knows uh, all the, the, the tumult that usually we have with phones, although knock on wood, things have been better on the phones of late. So let me start with you, Ryan, and then I'm going to come to you, Bobby, to get a similar answer to the question. Kind of give me half of the story on how you go about coming up with the list. Obviously, part of it is your opinion, but who else do you talk to to come up with a reliable idea of what a list like this should resemble? Thank you for having us on, Clay. Yeah, we talk with agents. We talk with talents. We talk with some network executives, although this time I don't think we did that as much because um, if you talk to too many people on background on these stories, then the like competing agendas just become almost impossible to reconcile. But the way that we went about this list was um, with three criteria. Part one, how important are they to the company's content that employs them? Um, number two, how much would it hurt their company and help a competitor if they jumped in the free market? And then you can also kind of look at part two and part one as if all the like networks and sports media brands had a draft for talents, what would the order be? And then number three, because there, there's such a differentiation, as you know, as a radio host, between people who are part of the games, like as play-by-play broadcasters or color commentators, or then on the studio shows that directly accompany the games. Nobody's going to dispute that way more people watch the games than any of the than any of the like radio shows or sports debate shows, but. At the same time, most of the audience is there for the people in the games as opposed to the broadcasters. It's just in the sense the broadcasters aren't important because they're the face of billion-dollar properties. But with regards to radio and TV hosts that are away from the direct coverage of the games, how successful are they at galvanizing audience metrics And then we also gave a bonus to people like Dave Portnoy and Bill Simmons who have proven that they can drive that audience on their own away from a flagship media brand. And also, I mean, to be fair, that's a rough approximation of market value that's much more reliable than anything else any of us could come up with because if you sell a company to anyone – then in theory, there are a lot of people out there who have the opportunity to decide to buy this company, and that actually gives you a direct sense of value overall, right? So uh, that's also an interesting component. Now, let me bring in, that's Ryan Glasspiegel. Let me bring in Bobby Barak, the other author of this list. And again, I would encourage you to go read it at outkick.com. You can scroll through. It's 50 different names. It's a good way uh, to spend a lot of time. Bobby, what would you add to uh, to what Ryan just said about how you went, guys went about compiling your list, ranking people from 1 to 50? Yeah, the process for this begins as soon as you finish up uh, the previous years because so much of it is 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be what a talent had during their contract negotiations, meaning did they have outside offers? Like we look at someone like Will Kane who made our list, 
his contract expired uh, this year around March. He still worked with ESPN, but he elected to leave because he had options outside of ESPN. And we've been covering contract negotiations at Outkick and previously at the Big League for the past year. So we have a good sense of who is stuck at their current network and who has interest elsewhere and what kind of money are they would they get elsewhere? Because this list is not something you can say, okay, in the next three weeks we're going to break down the market, break down the industry, look at all the different networks and companies. It takes a lot of time to know the value that executives put in each of these talents. And um, like Ryan said, when you consult all these different people, you start to at some point get a consensus. Like someone like Joe Buck. Whether you're an agent that represents Joe Buck's competition or you rep him or you rep, or you rep people around him, everyone will admit that he has tremendous value to Fox than the open market. Almost every single network would line up for Joe Buck. So that's when you start to see a census. And there's other talents that maybe Ryan or I am high on, and we start talking to each other, talking to people around the industry, and they're like, yeah, but... What, what, what can they do outside of ESPN? What can they do outside NBC, outside of Fox? Then you sit back and say, wow, are they just a product of maybe the time slot, maybe the show, or where they're at in the lineup? All right, so uh, let's start here because there's a lot of different angles we can go into. And by the way, you can reach out to us all the time at OutKick. You can find uh, Ryan Glasspiegel and Bobby Barak. I will tweet out and regularly tweet out their Twitter handles so you can react with them. But I thought this is such a fun list. There are a lot of different angles I want to start with. And the first one I'm going to start with is, from you guys' perspective, the most valuable right now announcer in all of sports is Tony Romo. You have him at number three on your list of the 50 most valuable in sports media. How much of that, Ryan, is a function of the $17 million per year contract he just got, which, to be fair, is a pretty good approximation of value, and how much of that is your own personal belief that he is the best at calling NFL games? How would you assess his spot at number three on your list? Uh, I mean, I think it's $17 million percent the reason why <laughs> he's number three, because um, – Look, that, he, he got the biggest contract ever in um, sports broadcasting. Like John Madden, maybe if you adjust some of his years in the 90s for inflation, you can get it higher. But as far as a gross number, Tony Romo's $17 million was the highest. And I mean, like ESPN was bidding for him. If you gave the executives at Fox truth serum about who they would rather have over the next 10 years, Tony Romo or Troy Aikman, or you gave the NBC executives truth serum, who would you rather over the next 10 years, Tony Romo or Chris Collins? Or we don't even need to bring ESPN back into this equation because we don't even know who their color analyst on Monday Night Football is going to be this year. But um, I think that he is just, it, it, he really solidified himself as a genius in those playoff games where he somehow knew what plays were coming. Like he, he had done that a little bit in the regular season. And as Bobby said before, we were at the big lead at the time and we got a lot of clicks on compilation videos of Tony Romo predicting plays. But then all of a sudden, he went like the fourth quarter. I don't remember who the Patriots were playing, but I know they were in the game. And he was just saying what they were going to do before every play, and then they did it. And I've never seen anything like that from a broadcaster in any sport. 
it was like he was like tapped into Bill Belichick's headset or something. And when that happened, it just completely solidified himself as the top tier game color commentator, not just in the NFL, but in all of sports today. Okay, Bobby, you just heard Ryan talking about why Tony Romo is the most valuable as an announcer for any sport right now, anywhere in the media. Would he be your first pick? It's kind of, we're all a little bit colored by the fact that we know he made $17 million and how much people are bidding on it. Do you think he is truly the best or did he hit the market at just the perfect time? Yeah, I would not draft him number one overall. Talking to people, um, uh, I, I can confidently say, I think if everybody in the media, sports media industry was a free agent and the executives did a draft, NFL draft style, I think Joe Buck goes number one on all networks except maybe CBS because they already have Tony Romo. But if you're Fox, I think you'd rather have Joe Buck because not only does he call NFL games, he also calls the World Series and major MLB playoff games. You get a lot more out of that. ESPN, as desperate as they are for a color commentator, trust me, they'd rather have Joe Buck call Monday Night Football playoff baseball or whatever else they can use him in uh nbc they love michael they love trico but joe buck is a better game caller than both of them uh and i think romo's unprecedented contract negotiations will bold well for joe buck when he's up uh, i expect him to have several offers and i think his salary is going to go up substantially robo would probably be the second pick off the board. Now, some of that is because he only works one sport where Joe Buck you can get uh, with football, baseball, and golf, and whatever else. I think he could probably call anything at this point. He's that talented and that much of a transcendent broadcaster. Also, to me, play-by-play is more impactful than color commentary. Uh, ESPN had a lot of problems in the booth the past couple years. A lot of the attention went to Booger McFarlane and Jason Witten, but it really is the play-by-play that uh, flows the game, narrates, and that's what people remember. When, every time you look at a big play, David Tyree's catch uh, from the, the Seattle when Russell Wilson threw that interception, you remember the play-by-play guy's words, what he says, his emotion. You don't really remember what the color commentator said, so play-by-play is just a more valuable aspect of the industry. All right, I'm going to give the top 10 now so people can hear it. And obviously, this is a 50-person list, uh, so there are a lot of different names on here. I would encourage you to go check it out. This is kind of like a fun debate that your average person gets into with his buddies uh, during football, basketball season. Like, okay, let's pretend you were having a media fantasy draft. Who would you take? Uh, effectively, these guys have done it, Ryan Glass-Beagle and Bobby Barak. And we just talked about Romo as the most valuable a guy that has been on your list, I bet, for a long time is Charles Barkley. Um, how good is Barkley at what he does? You have him at number seven overall, which makes him the highest uh, the highest rated after Buck, Tarico. Uh, then you go to Charles Barkley. How valuable is Barkley in your mind, Ryan, to what TNT does with the NBA? He's immeasurably valuable, Clay. I mean, look, that whole Inside the NBA show, you got to give Ernie Johnson, Shaq, and Kenny Smith a lot of credit, too. But it's clear that Barkley is the focal point of it. And he's nearing 60 years old. He's 57. He's been out of the NBA for 20 years. 
And sports networks across the board are still trying to chase the dragon of trying to find somebody who is the combination like he is of a star former athlete, likable, funny, and then also fearless in his candor. Like, there aren't too many people who can just get away with saying whatever they want or, frankly, whatever Charles Barkley says. But he's so valuable that he has, like, kind of a license to just cross these I guess, unpolitically correct lines that so few people have the ability to do without any fear of either being forced into like a hostage apology or losing their jobs. Yeah. No, I mean, the the best example of that with Charles Barkley is he was arrested driving drunk in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, and the police asked him where he was going. He said he was going to, to why he was driving drunk. He said he was going to whoever gives the best sexual favors, we'll put it, in all of Scottsdale. It's in the police report he missed one day of work because people were like, yeah, I can kind of – what I always say is people get upset when what they expect of you is different than what your real life is like. But if you fulfill the expectations, this is the difference for why – Brian Williams lost his job allegedly for lying about being under fire, whereas uh, other people, politicians, lots of them, can regularly lie and they keep their job. It's because on some level we expect for a Brian Williams, we're holding him to a higher standard than we are a politician, which is its own story in and of itself. All right, uh, let's take a break here. When we come back, I'm going to go to number one and number two on your list, and I'm going to ask you guys to explain how exactly you reached uh, the idea of these guys being number one and number two on the list. We are breaking down a fun group, the 50 best in their business, uh, the sports media business, power rankings, MVP list, whatever you want to call it, with Ryan Glasspiegel and Bobby Barak. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we're going to be joined by Dr. David Chow coming up here in a little bit. Usually he joins us on Thursday, but we bumped him to Friday because we had Marco Rubio, the senator from Florida, on the show in his spot on Thursday. And so I'm interested to ask Dr. Chow about what he thought about all the attention given to Dr. Fauci's comments yesterday uh, about whether or not football was going to be able to be played and uh, and all of that discussion should be pretty interesting as well as what he thinks about the NBA bubble and uh, the potential return of Major League Baseball uh, with the coronavirus ongoing. So that conversation will be in the next part of uh, the program. But right off the top here, uh, we had, and it didn't get as much attention as I thought it would. Uh, yesterday, I asked Marco Rubio about Colin Kaepernick coming back to the NFL And that was built on the fact that Donald Trump had discussed it recently. And Donald Trump's comments didn't get very much attention, I didn't think at all. Here was what Trump said about the idea of Colin Kaepernick coming back to the NFL. When it comes to sports and kneeling, do you think Colin Kaepernick should get another shot in the NFL? If he deserves it, he should. If he has the playing ability, he was—he started off great, and then he didn't end up very great in terms of a, as a player. He 
he was terrific in his rookie year. I think he was very good in his second year, and then something happened. So uh, his playing wasn't up to snuff. The answer is absolutely I would. As far as kneeling, I would love to see him get another shot, but obviously he has to be able to play well. If he can't play well, I think it would be very unfair. Uh, All right, that's Donald Trump talking about the idea, look, if Colin Kaepernick's good enough, he certainly deserves a chance to play in the NFL. And while Trump has sent some tweets out kind of going after the NFL, it doesn't seem like he has uh, kind of ratcheted up those tweets to the same extent that he did in 2016. Now, maybe that's because he's got a good relationship with Robert Kraft and other NFL owners that they seem to get along pretty well. But I actually think the NFL, this, this might sound crazy to you, but let me explain why I think the NFL is in a phenomenal position as it pertains to Colin Kaepernick. The NFL needs one team to make an offer to Colin Kaepernick, and they need that team to do so in a public manner. Because the minute that Colin Kaepernick gets an offer, the NFL has painted him into a corner. And let me explain why. If Colin Kaepernick accepts the NFL offer, then he has effectively ended his martyrdom. The only reason why Colin Kaepernick is relevant is because he is able to argue, because of my politics, I can't work in the NFL. Now look, there are tons of reasons why I believe Colin Kaepernick doesn't necessarily deserve an opportunity in the NFL. Uh, He has consistently, consistently said all sorts of things that the vast majority of the NFL has absolutely, uh, NFL fans have absolutely no agreement with. He called police, for instance, modern-day slave catchers. Uh, His girlfriend, which he magnified, called Steve Bashotti, the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, a slave master and said that Ray Lewis was an Uncle Tom when it seemed like the Baltimore Ravens might be close to actually signing Colin Kaepernick. He praised Cuba and said that Fidel Castro had a better country than the United States. He uh, refused to stand for the national anthem, and while everybody wants to say, oh, his protest was never about the national anthem, after he refused to sign for the anthem, he said, I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. So people who say, oh, it's not about the flag, it's not about the anthem, His immediate response when he was asked why he didn't stand for the anthem was to directly reflect that he refused to stand to show respect for the country. So that's the reason why he did it. So when people are like, oh, Drew Brees said it's disrespectful, that's actually disrespectful. No, no, no. Drew Brees was directly responding to quotes from Colin Kaepernick. Now, the media will convince you very often that what is actually true is not true, They're pulling the wool over a lot of people's eyes when it comes to Colin Kaepernick because, again, immediately after he began his protest, direct quote, I am not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. The reason why he protested during the anthem was because he didn't want to show respect for the United States flag. That's why he wasn't standing up. And it's like everyone has suddenly forgotten that that was what directly Colin Kaepernick said. But if the NFL wants to give him a second chance, I think the NFL paints Colin Kaepernick into a corner here. Because once they offer him a job, 
His moral authority vanishes. His martyrdom vanishes. The NFL is then extending him an opportunity to play. If he takes that opportunity, he's probably going to stand on the sideline and not actually get on the field, which makes him, like most backup quarterbacks in the NFL, not particularly relevant unless the starter gets injured or the starter is awful. I don't think anybody is going to go bring him in if they've got an awful starter because I don't think they want a quarterback debate. So he's standing on the sideline with a clipboard getting paid several million dollars and he's not particularly relevant. And if he turns down that offer, then he can no longer argue that he's being blackballed by the NFL. So if I'm Roger Goodell or I am the NFL, I would welcome a team offering Colin Kaepernick a job because I can then leak the fact that he is being offered a job, maybe even leak how much money he's being offered. And if Colin Kaepernick doesn't accept that offer, then his moral authority is gone because he can no longer argue that he's being discriminated against by the NFL for his political opinions. He's not a martyr anymore. He's just another guy on the sideline who has chosen not to play the game. And I think that would severely curtail any sort of interest that would exist in Colin Kaepernick. Because by and large, the people who are interested in Colin Kaepernick now are not really big sports fans. Like, I'm sure his jersey would sell decently if a team signs him, and then you would immediately see everybody going on social media and being like, see, look how popular Colin Kaepernick is with NFL fans. No, Colin Kaepernick is popular with woke people. And by and large, the most woke people that you know are not waking up super excited to sit down in front of their television to watch the NFL on Sunday. Most of the people who are huge Colin Kaepernick fans aren't NFL fans and won't actually watch the games. If you remember the protests back in the day, around Colin Kaepernick not being employed. You just look at the people who are marching around outside of NFL state uh, studio, uh, outside of the NFL offices. Those are not the people who are diehard NFL fans. They were activists. Now, are there some people who are activists and also diehard NFL fans? Yeah, that overlaps, but it's not a substantial amount of people. I just think the NFL could play chess here with Colin Kaepernick and really put him in a spot where his options are limited and his overall moral authority declines in a hurry. We will talk about that here coming up in a little bit. But in the meantime, up next, Dr. David Chow is with us. What is the latest on the NFL returning? What did he think of Dr. Fauci's comments? And where are we going from here as it pertains to the world of sports? That's next. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we bring in now Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc on Twitter. I appreciate him being flexible. Senator Marco Rubio's office reached out and asked if he could come on on Thursday in your usual spot uh, to talk about a name, image, and likeness bill that he was introducing. And I texted you and I was like, hey, are you okay bumping to Friday? So I appreciate you being flexible. Yeah, I, I think a senator is entitled to bumping. No, no worries. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. And I, uh, you are a big part of this and our guests and, and, and everybody out there listening. 
as the profile of the program continues to grow, we get a lot more people asking to come on to reach our audience, and we try to be flexible to make that happen. But that's a credit to people like Dr. David Chow who are on regularly with us. And so, Dr. Chow, we now, like you probably never anticipated that what began as a career of, hey, if somebody hyperextends their knee or somebody tears their ACL and you watch the video during the game and you go and analyze it, as a team doctor for the then San Diego Chargers and now as a media analyst uh, talking about injuries, I don't imagine if we had talked a year ago or a couple years ago when we first met and you started coming on the show and I had said, hey, what's your knowledge of pandemic uh, diseases that you would have ever thought that this would end up being uh, the focal point of much of sports conversation for basically the last hundred days or so? No question, but you have to be flexible. You know, one of the things I prided myself as a head team physician is that I, I felt like there was some responsibility for the medical happenings overall for the team, not just knees and shoulders. You know, whether it was MRSA, where there was infections in a different way, uh, obviously the concussion things, even though I wasn't the examiner of concussions, I felt like the protocol and being on top of things was part of the job. And and I think my uh, thoughts on COVID are just a reflection of what I might have done to stay on top of things as a head team physician, et cetera. All right, so let's start in the NBA um, because there's been a ton of talk all this week. They put out a 113-page manual on what living in the NBA bubble is going to be like. And this is one of those things where I think theoretically people might have sat around and said, okay, let's pretend there's going to be a pandemic, and then how would we play sports? Oh, we'll play in a bubble. Well, here's what that would look like. And it's almost all theoretical, right? It's some sort of hypothetical, imagined scenario And now it appears to be becoming a reality in Orlando. As you have seen this story develop, as you've seen the way this story is covered, what has jumped out to you other than just the profound strangeness of this being our current reality that the NBA might be coming back at the end of July living in some ways in a bubble? Well, you know, uh, obviously uh, the NBA sort of spearheaded some of the COVID awareness when they canceled the season with Rudy Gobert. But remember, Rudy Gobert's opponent the night before, the Toronto Raptors, none of them tested positive. So let's keep our fingers crossed that the infectivity uh, remains low. But the bubble concept, uh, you know, in theory makes a lot of sense, but I think practically is very difficult to pull off the number of people we come into contact in our lives. And not only that, but, you know, who's inside the bubble and who's not? A family member is or isn't inside the bubble. And let's say they're not inside the bubble, but they get ill, God forbid, or something happens. Then you have to break quarantine, et cetera. Lives are very complicated. And when you're talking about this many uh, lives in the NBA and teams, even for a short period of time, the bubble concept in theory works great, but I think there are some risks and there's just so many unthought of different scenarios which will uh, cause complications. And the other thing is with a bubble concept, as long as everything remains good and there's no infections, it is great. But what happens if the bubble is somehow pierced? Uh, it's like having, uh, uh, instead of having a power grid, having one power line to an entire city. Uh, what happens if that power line is somehow disrupted? Uh, those are just some of my theoretical worries. 
We're talking to Dr. David Chow. Um, so when you look at the NBA and the bubble concept, let me, let me take a step back because a lot of people are asking questions, and, and I think it's a fair one. All of the Vegas casinos are starting to open back up. So uh, it's Friday. Let's say you want to hop on the road and you're listening to us this morning in L.A., and I'm sure some people are probably going to do this. At the end of the day on Friday or maybe during the day on Friday, you can hop in your car. You can drive right down to uh, Las Vegas. You can go into a casino. You can stay in a hotel. You can eat in a restaurant. You can gamble. You can do all those things. Let's say some of you are listening to me right now, and you're on the East Coast, and you're like, hey, I'm interested in going down to Florida. I want to go to Legoland. I want to go to Universal Studios, to SeaWorld. You can do all those things. You can do them right now. In Bristol, they're talking about having 30,000 fans on July 15th. The NBA being in a bubble for all of August, for all of September, and for much of October as they finish out their season feels a bit strange now based on how open our society is going to be. By September, isn't it potentially going to look even more wild? Well, I think there's a lot that's going to change. I mean, uh, uh, you know, we're we're further away from September, as you point out today, than we are from the pandemic starting slash late February, March. So there's a lot that's going to change. Look at what's changed in the last few weeks about surface transmissions and, and what have you. So, yeah, it's going to be hard to predict the future. And uh, there's just so many different complications related to the bubble. And it's not just the players being in the bubbles or the referees or the media. You know, you're talking about hotel employees and everyday life necessities are all those workers that potentially come in contact with people in the bubble. Are they in the bubble too? And, no, you know, no. The it, under- it's my understanding, it's, it's a great point. Like you talk about puncturing the bubble, which sounds like such a ridiculous phrase. Uh, but yeah, my understanding is that all of the employees at Walt Disney World are not living in the bubble too. Now, you've talked about this, and I think it's an important part of this overall conversation, that Every person you come into contact with, you wouldn't have to contact Trace because most conversations or, you know, if you're walking down a grocery store aisle and there's somebody stocking things and you look up to them and you say, hey, where are the marshmallows? And I I asked that question because I was just in the grocery store recently buying marshmallows (laughs) so we could do so we could do s'mores. Right. And dad's not at least in my household. Dad is not the expert on where to go to find things in the grocery store. But, you know, guys up on a ladder, you ask a question. It's not as if I came into substantial contact with that employee, even if he tested positive. It's not like people be like, oh, my God, Clay Travis talked to this guy. It usually requires sustained contact. But some people who are in the bubble could have sustained contact with employees. And if everybody's not being required to stay there, it kind of punctures the bubble idea from the get-go. Yeah, and and if the, uh, as you mentioned, if we're following the contact tracing ideas, uh, and uh, we're saying the occasional employee run-in is going to be okay, uh, then it brings into question why do you really need the bubble if you can just get players buy-in or sign-off to uh, to live a little bit of a socially distanced life. It's not like they're crowding in a two-bedroom home with, with, with uh, six family members. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Now, I did something interesting yesterday, and I talked about it on the program we now have full-on ability for anybody, whether they feel sick or not, to go get tested for the coronavirus, at least in the state of Tennessee where I live. 
And so as much as I've been talking about testing and the coronavirus and all the protocols, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to go do this drive-through testing so I can be able to talk about what it's like and feel like I'm more informed than I would be otherwise. And maybe you think that's ridiculous. Maybe you think that's crazy if you're out there. I feel perfectly fine. I feel 100% healthy. But for as many people as I'm talking to on a day-to-day basis and as often as we're going to be talking about athletes getting tested, I went and I did the nose swab testing. Have you been tested yet, Doc? And what do you think about that idea for somebody like me to go through? It took 15 minutes. It was incredibly smooth, no charge. They took all of the all the information down from me and now... Uh, they said in the next several days I'll get a call after they do my lab work and tell me whether or not I tested positive. Well, you know, uh, the more popular test in my practice, and we have a primary care person in our practice who who does all this, and we don't do drive-through. We do comprehensive medical exam and testing. The more popular test from our patients is the antibody test. People aren't I would like to do that as well. Yeah, they're not as interested in knowing if they have coronavirus this second because they feel healthy. They want to know if they're immune because they had the flu or what seemed like the flu a month ago or three months ago or whatever. And every patient that comes in that I come in contact with that wants to get the coronavirus test, they all swear and would bet money that That they they have it. Yeah. and that they had it, and 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 quite honestly, and I can understand the vast, vast majority, ninety plus percent out there, are disappointed when they test negative for the antibody test because, you know, I get it that people want the golden ticket, right, to have had it and be fine, and in theory have antibodies that would protect you at least for a, a bit going forward, and uh, everyone comes in thinking that they have it, and it's been very low numbers, single digit. What are you seeing in Southern California right now as we head into a weekend uh, in terms of numbers? I know California has seen what appears to be a, an increase in the overall number of people who are testing positive that might also sometimes be a function of the number of tests that are being done. So that factors in as well. But we've been asking you for several weeks about what you're seeing on the ground and you're in the San Diego area. What do you see there? Well, the numbers are still relatively low. You can certainly argue that they're higher than before the region opened up, and some of that is due to the cross-border activity, as we've talked about. But one of the things I wish media would start doing is being a little more active in using the words and descriptions of COVID-19 versus coronavirus. COVID-19 is an abbreviation for coronavirus disease, and that's you can call that equivalent to AIDS, whereas coronavirus is equivalent to the HIV virus. So there's a difference between having a virus or having had the virus or having the disease itself. And so, for example, this week there was a big stir created when Ezekiel Elliott was reported to have COVID. I think it's more accurate that he tested positive for for coronavirus or having had it because he said he had no symptoms in it and had no active disease later on. It was more of a screening test when he returned to the facility is the way that I'm hearing it. And uh, we've talked about how it's going to be very unlikely that any NFL team this year goes through the whole season without having players or coaches test positive in some way. But I wish the reporting would be a little more accurate because there seemed to be a little hysteria when, oh, my gosh, Ezekiel Elliott has COVID. But that wasn't completely accurate. And also, as you have said, 
and, and as I've talked about on this program, when these guys are coming back into contact with their facilities and they are tested and some of them are testing positive, most of these guys are asymptomatic or they don't have significant health risks. They wouldn't have otherwise been going to get a test at all. So in many ways, catching this is just a sign of, one, the prevalence, but also in young people how often it can be not that serious of a condition. But in catching it, arguably that's better, right? Like being back on campus and finding out you have this and being able to isolate yourself in theory is better than you continuing to circle, uh, circulate around in your hometown feeling 100% fine and potentially infecting somebody else. Yeah, it's you know it's not just about the players infecting other players, or it's it's about society in general and how many people they might infect. Uh, you know, be it grandparents or or people in the community or otherwise. So yeah, there's there is some social responsibility there. We're talking to Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc. All right, so Dr. Fauci came out uh, and talked yesterday about the fact that he was not optimistic that football would be able necessarily to be played. Um, what, uh, As somebody who was a former team physician, and granted you are not an expert in you know infectious diseases or communicable diseases or certainly this particular virus, are you optimistic that football will find a way to get played? You know, I've been optimistic since we started talking about this in March that yeah. uh, football will start on time in September. And I've been less optimistic that football will finish unfettered come December and January. So there is some worry. So uh, some of I can echo some of Dr. Fauci's uh, comments. I'm not an infectious disease expert like he is. But from a practical standpoint, I do see some of his concerns. However, his saying that the bubble is the answer, uh, I don't know uh, how practical that is. Clay, you know this, uh, when the Titans or any NFL team goes on the road, they travel with team security, yep. uh, minimum two, usually four security guards. And yes, there is some modicum of providing protection to players against opposing fans, potentially, and just overall security. But a lot of their role, too, is bed checks at night, including the night before a game, either Friday, you know, if the West Coast teams travels to the East Coast, or certainly Saturday. And let me tell you, that bed check is, is an important part of it. And it's not always 100% that players are in bed, et cetera. So if on a road trip, on the night before a game, there needs to be security to enforce some of this. What's the reality of a bubble for four months anyways for an NFL team without a true police state in terms of what's going on? Yeah, and and also, I mean, I guess in some ways, it's it's crazy to think about the bubble concept for the NFL because at least in an NBA or Major League Baseball environment, and by the way, I'm not hearing Major League Baseball talk about the idea of putting players in a bubble at all, but they're playing every day. And so uh, there's, a con- there's a game kind of taking place. I guess the one positive about the NFL is, unlike these other locations where you theoretically would have to travel a lot, you know, I, I think it's fair to say the NFL preseason is not going to be four games and it's not going to exist like it ordinarily would. 
I, I think you look at the uh, at the overall NFL situation and you say, well, at least they only have to go on the road eight times and they only have to be on the road for one day every time. So the travel component to the NFL is not as substantial. Yeah, no question. The travel component is not as substantial, but what baseball has going for it, and, and quite honestly, I think most people are disappointed that they haven't gotten it together yet to even agree to play. Is The game itself is relatively socially distant. That's right. And so, they, you know, they have a huge advantage here to try and get back and play, and so far they haven't taken advantage of it. As, as far as, uh, as uh, football is concerned, there's no question that with fewer games, uh, that that is uh, better. And in terms of your preseason, and I think you're right. It's not going to look the same. There's already no uh, combined team practices. I think there will be two preseason games, though, and not four, two. I think they're going to get rid of the first one to give players more of a chance for acclimation to decrease injury, and they're going to get rid of the fourth one because that's relatively meaningless for most teams anyways, but also because if you're if you contract coronavirus from playing an opponent that that final preseason game number four, that likely means you miss week one. So no one wants that risk of that. But why do you need two, even two preseason games? Well, because players, coaches, stadium personnel, referees, chain gangs, TV, they kind of need a run through. And so my thought is you could have one home game preseason game number two and one away game preseason game number three or vice versa. And that's probably the sweet spot number that will happen for the NFL. You mentioned that you're more concerned about the season finishing. Do you think it makes more sense if in an ideal world they just gave you a magic wand and they said you're in charge of the NFL and the college football season to actually start like the first week of August as opposed to the first week of September? Well, that's in theory uh, what a lot is is happening, uh, anticipating a potential second wave, and colleges you know, have kind of done that. But they've done that for two reasons, the colleges, South Carolina, where my daughter goes, North Carolina, Notre Dame, a few other schools. And part of it is also because they don't want the travel of, of, of the students. It's partly second wave, but partly the idea of finishing by Thanksgiving is they know people are going to go home at Thanksgiving, right. but they don't want them going home at Thanksgiving and coming back for two weeks or three weeks before they go home again for, for Christmas vacation and then come back again. I think it's the intermingling that they're trying to stop as much as there is uh, trying to stop a second wave. So that's part of the equation. I don't know that the magic wand of, of starting it earlier uh, will guarantee success. I think Everyone has to stay, stay fluid, uh, you know, uh, to, to, to sit here and say, oh, this is humanly impossible, as one coach said. No, it's going to look very, very different. It's humanly possible. It's not going to look like traditional football practice and the way facilities handle things, et cetera. There's going to be a lot of changes. This, uh, yesterday there was some talk of expanding the practice squad to 16 players because of coronavirus. I think that's a good step, but they probably need to uh, also parallel with that create a roster exemption so if someone on your team tests positive for coronavirus they're at likely out two weeks maybe longer give you a roster exemption why not only gives you flexibility to field the team and call up the six one of the 16 players from the practice squad or more but it also reduces the temptation from the player or the team to rush someone back from coronavirus because we're so shorthanded. And I think that's another step that the NFL should take. 
Last question for you. We're talking to Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc, and I've asked you this question before, but I do think it's instructive as we head into the weekend. Would you go with one of your kids, and I know you've got young kids, to an NFL game in September if you were if the crowds are able to go? <laughs> well, uh, I probably wouldn't go on Sunday. I'm too busy uh, analyzing all the games. Yeah, but yeah. Other, Monday, other than your other than night. your job, let's pretend it's a Thursday night or a Monday night game, and you feel like, hey, I can still be just as efficient and effective uh, otherwise. Assuming that the uh, crowd control issues and social distancing seem reasonable to me, it's always been uh, an annual thing that my son and I do, and I would look forward to doing that in the right set of circumstances. Outstanding stuff as always. Love working with you. Thank you for everything you do for the program. And uh, I think we're going to have some stuff where we do uh, even more this fall we're going to talk about soon. But uh, that's Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc. Appreciate the time, my man. Thank you. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 